Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. And if you have your Bibles, let's go to Hebrews chapter 10 and uh, verse 38. And then we're going to read down to uh, chapter 11, verse, <clears throat> down to verse 6. And it's a very familiar scripture to all of us. And uh, as we read God's Word, let us stand together. <clears throat> and Hebrews is one of those books that we might uh, see it as a very uh, hard book to uh, interpret and maybe even to understand. Uh, but this morning, I'd like to kind of summarize uh, the theme of the book of Hebrews this morning. And as we look at Hebrews chapter 10 and chapter 11, uh, I believe this is when uh, the, apostle, uh, the apostle, I believe, uh, the writer is really concluding the book and preaching the theme of faith. And uh, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38, and let's read from there, the Bible says, Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things to appear. Verse 4. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should, not, he should not see death, and was not found, because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony, that he pleased God. Let's read verse 6 together, if you have your Bibles open. Ready? But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And I'd like to preach to you on the topic called, Let Us Keep Going by Faith. Let us keep going by faith. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for Bible Baptist Church, and thank you for the theme of enlarging our tent. It's very obvious that you're calling us to faith all the time. You have called us to faith and salvation. We rejoice in it. But at the same time, we want to walk by faith every day until we see you. And help us to have big faith, big vision for our lives, because we serve a big God. And uh, we know that you never fail, Lord. And uh, we know that your word never fails. And the Holy Spirit of God who dwells within us, he never fails. And I pray that you help us to truly have full assurance, knowing that you always have the solution. And that you always can pull through in any circumstances. And thank you for this wonderful church, faithful members here. Pray that you strengthen uh, the young people and to keep going as Christians. I pray that you also encourage the, the older saints, comfort them. And I pray that they have faith in knowing that you're always there for them. And I pray that you encourage us all through the preaching of your word this morning. And be glorified, Lord. And this is all about you, of course. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. You know, the greatest truth that we can rejoice in our lives as Christians is in the great doctrine of salvation. There is no other doctrine or truth in the Word of God that is greater and meaningful to us. 
As much as we love to study and to talk about holiness today, and thank God our God is holy, and we need to also live a holy life, and the preaching and the teaching of sanctification needs to be uh, presented more so even in this wicked world, and we talk about holiness all the time as well as born-again believers. And we could also talk about wisdom, and we also uh, want to get knowledge as much as possible. And we are always gleaning from this holy book, and we are relying on the Holy Spirit to give us the right understanding so that we have wisdom for our individual decisions, and we have wisdom for our family, and also we have wisdom in our Christian testimony. And wisdom is very important. We love to study the church and maybe the fellowship of believers and how we could gather together and to worship the Lord and, and what we do in the church and how we uh, uh, behave ourselves in the church. And this is a great doctrine and, and study that we need to get into in the New Testament always. And this is very important. And also we think about eschatology, the end times, how we are longing for that day when Jesus Christ comes back. Amen. And we love to study this doctrine as well. But out of all the doctrines in the Bible, as much as this book is so rich, but I believe the greatest treasure, the greatest study that we can ever find is in the study and the doctrine of salvation. Salvation is truly the greatest truth that we could ever know. You know, the last book of the Bible in Revelation, the people in heaven give witness and praise. What do they say in Revelation chapter 19, verse 1? After these things, I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Alleluia, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. You see, before power, before honor, before glory, they praise his salvation. And thank God for his power, and thank God for his honor, and thank God for his glory, for it is eternal. But the greatest thrill that these people had in, in heaven was in this great doctrine and this great position that they had in salvation. You know, even at the end of this book, the Spirit of God and the bride, the church, invites people to salvation and Jesus Christ gives the last calling along with the church in Revelation 22, verse 17. I'll quote for you. The Bible says, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him that hears say, Come, and let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. And, you know, as we look at that scripture, it's very obvious that Jesus Christ wants everyone to be saved. I mean, he wants everyone in this world, 7 billion people. He wants every single uh, group of tribes and different nations and different language groups. And God wants everyone to be saved and for them to be born again. And even at the end, we see that he calls men to salvation because this is the greatest doctrine for people to know. And as we think about the local church, thank God we get to minister and to serve the people in a church like this. And thank God we, get to we have the joy of serving the Lord. And, uh, but as we think about what Jesus Christ said in Luke chapter 10, verse 20, the disciples were very happy and very excited about the fact that the uh, spirits were subject unto them. But Jesus Christ, as they were ministering, he says in verse 20 in Luke chapter 10, Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not that the Spirit are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. You know, I love to serve God. 
I love to preach. I love to, you know, teach. And I love to go soul winning. I love to have fellowship with other believers. And, and I, I love to, you know, get to know you. And I love for you to get to know me. And, and thank God for that. And, and thank God we get to clean the church sometimes. And, and thank God we get to minister to uh, those who are sick. And thank God for the service of the Lord. But Jesus Christ said, In this rejoice not, but rather rejoice, because your name is written in heaven. And that is the greatest joy. That my name, Jimmy Pat, is written in the book of life. What a great joy. A lot of things might go wrong in 2019. A lot of challenging things might come through. And you know, a lot of you know, hard decisions might come my way. But I could always rejoice in knowing, hey, Jesus saved me. And I am heaven bound. My name is written in the book of life. What a great joy. I could dive in and, and study the crucifixion of our Savior and the suffering that he had for my sins and that how he rose again on the third day for my justification and that he is sitting at the right hand of God and always interceding for me and that he is my Savior and that I could always rejoice in knowing that I am his forever. And we could rejoice in that every single day of our lives. And sometimes even ministering in the Lord. And, and if you are serving the Lord in local church like this, and sometimes there will be disappointments, right? Because people will fail you. People might disappoint you. But we could always draw back and say, Lord, thank you for saving me. Thank you for cleansing my sins. Thank you that I get to be with you in heaven forever and ever. You know, even in sin, the Word of God reminds us of the joy of salvation. You know, uh, as we are saved, as we are born again, you know, that doesn't mean that we are sinless, perfect in our lives, and that we will never sin ever again in this earthly trail. And thank God Jesus Christ cleanses all my sins and, and that he cleanses my past and my present and my future. And, and when God looks down at me, he sees the covering of the blood of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And I am justified, I am sanctified, and one day I will be glorified. I am saved forevermore. But in our Christian law, you know, we still have our flesh and we will sin. And we think about King David in the Old Testament and how he was a righteous man, a man after God's own heart. But he had a grave sin in his life where he committed adultery and even murder. And, uh, but he writes as he was repenting to the Lord and, and going toward God once again in Psalm 51 verse 12. He writes to the Holy Spirit and uh, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. And what did David have to remind themselves? Hey, I need the joy of salvation again. I had the happiness of sin just a moment ago, but I need to joy in my salvation again. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation. And when we sin against the Lord, we are drawn distant from the greatest and the joyous position that we have, the joy of salvation. And we need to always get back to that. And thank God that joy will always be there. We just need to remind ourselves all the time. And salvation is truly a great doctrine. It's truly a great news for all of us. All our sins are forgiven. Our names written in the book of life. 
There is a mansion waiting for us. We will live forever, not in torment, but in a glorious, holy city. And thank God this is permanent. And that we get to rejoice in this. And uh, uh, thank God for all the different studies and doctrine. And we get to serve the Lord. And, and when we even sin against the Lord, we could always reside back in knowing that Jesus Christ has saved us. And, and we need to always remind ourselves of that. And thank God we are saved. But salvation, as we study it in the, uh, in the Bible, salvation is not great just because of the saved. Salvation is grace ultimately because of a great Savior. And thank God I'm saved this morning. But as I study the doctrine of salvation, as I study the position that I have in the Lord Jesus Christ, I realize I'm not the focal point. I'm not the center of all this. Jesus Christ is the center of all this. And that we serve a great Savior. As much as we rejoice in great salvation, we are rejoicing in the great Savior. That's what the book of Hebrews was all about. It was written in the theme of a great Savior. The writer wrote of the angels, but he had to conclude that Jesus is greater. The writer wrote of Moses, the great patriarch, but he had to conclude that Jesus is greater. The writer wrote of the high priest and Aaron, but he had to conclude that Jesus is greater. The writer wrote of the fourth covenant, but he had to to conclude that Jesus is greater in the new covenant. The writer had to uh, uh, write about the priestly sacrifices, but he wrote because he had to conclude that Jesus is greater in his perfect sacrifice. You see, the writers reminded the Hebrew Christians who had grown up in knowing the oracles of God and that uh, uh, knowing the law of God, that they are saved now by the grace and the knowledge of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he reminds them over and over again, hey, Jesus Christ is greater and we serve a great Savior. So don't neglect the salvation. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, the Bible says, take heed to the things which we have heard. Lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received the just recompense of reward, verse 3, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? You know, in their interpretation, he is building up a case to the Hebrews. Hey, hey, you, you know how the prophets and, and even the angels spoke of, of the salvation of God. And now we are here and, and you have received the oracles of God and you knew the law. And how can we uh, neglect so great salvation? And he is talking to the Hebrews this way. But also, I believe as we think about this epistle, he is reminding the Christians as well, the Hebrew Christians, hey, don't forget about this great salvation that you have. Don't, don't neglect this great doctrine and this great Savior. He is simply encouraging the Christians. Don't overlook about this great Savior that we have for all eternity. And you might agree with me this morning. Preacher, you're right. Salvation is the greatest doctrine. And we have a great Savior and the greatest truth is the gospel. And the greatest position that we have is that we are saved. And that Jesus Christ is the author of my salvation. And that Jesus Christ is the reason of why salvation is so great. And you might agree with me on all that. And thank God for that. 
But is that all we need to know as Christians? Is that the end of the matter this morning? As much as we rejoice in salvation and we serve a great Savior, and uh, as we think about this great doctrine, as we have this joy in our hearts, is that the end of it all? We know that salvation is not the end of the matter, but is the beginning. Knowing that great, our great Savior is not the end, but the beginning of a new life in Him. It's the beginning of a new life. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. You know, I could just, you know, uh, reminisce about my time when I got saved. When I was 19 years old, soon after high school, and I grew up in a Christian home and went through Sunday school, youth group, and I was teaching a lot at that time as well. And, uh, but the Lord convicted my heart for six months, and, and uh, he uh, told me that I was lost, and I was trying to you know, fight this argument and try to prove myself that I was saved. And at the end, I lost the battle, amen? amen. And, uh, and I had to admit that I was lost, and, and thank God I got saved. Back in spring of 2000. And I could rejoice in that. I could reminisce back in my past. Uh, now about now 19 years ago. And say thank God I got saved. And, and when I minister to the Lord. If I get disappointed. Hey I could go back. And, and rejoice in my salvation. And, and it, maybe I sinned against the Lord. And, and maybe I had thought some things. That I shouldn't have. Maybe I have spoken some things I shouldn't have. And I could rejoice. And, and ask the Lord to restore to me the joy of my salvation. And go back to my foundation. All the time. And thank God for the past. And thank God for what God has done. But I know that salvation is not just looking at the past. Salvation is always looking at the future. We're always looking forward to more from our Savior. Because we have this new life. And thank God salvation encourages us. And that our great Savior is the focal point, And He's the center of our salvation. And we could always lean on Him. But Jesus Christ wants to make sure we are founded in Him. And we're established in Him. And not to just stay there, but to keep going forward. So we could keep going and to see what God has for us. And as we think about Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering be made conformable unto his death. You know, Apostle Paul in the context is saying, thank God I'm saved. I count everything I did before salvation. I count them as done. Now I know him. In verse 13, he continues to say, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but what, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching for unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. He said, you know, thank God that I was saved and I see everything in the past before salvation. I count them but dung. And I get to know him today. I get to have a, the suffering uh, a fellowship with him. And I could see the power of his resurrection. But I have not apprehended. I am keeping on. I am going forward. Because there is so much more to Jesus Christ. And I could always find out more about him. And I could always claim his power for he's omnipotent. And uh, we could always rely on his presence for he is omniscient. 
And, you know, there is so much about Jesus Christ that we are not aware of even this morning. Now, you might know him and for the last 20 years or maybe 15 years or maybe even five years. And you might be thinking, you know, I know Jesus Christ. And thank God you do. But there's more to him. There's always more. Our God has understanding that is infinite. And we can always find more about him. And thank God for salvation. We get to rejoice in that. It is the greatest truth. That's how we started. But there's more to it. And when we are in heaven, we get to hear Jesus Christ. We get to see Jesus Christ. And we get to know him for how long? For all eternity. You know, you come to church every Sunday to get to know Christ more, right? Hey, guess what? You get to see Jesus Christ every single day of your life for all eternity. That's why we shouldn't come to church, you know, uh, rarely. Oh, man, another service. Because when we go to heaven, I wouldn't be, be surprised if there's service every morning and every night. <laughs> and we get to see each other, amen? And I'm just simply saying this morning that there's more. And there's always a high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And we need to keep striving in this new life, an eternal relationship with Christ, thank God this cannot be drawn back. One save, always saved. Amen? Amen? Thank God for that. You know, I can't trace back and say, you know, I don't want to be saved anymore. No, I'm saved. I'm new in Christ. You cannot lose your salvation. My Father which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Jesus Christ gives a guaranteed, hey, once saved, always saved. And that's what apostle, the apostle in Hebrews chapter 11 is speaking about in chap, I'm sorry, chapter 10, verse 38. And I'll just uh, read it for you once again. We read it in the beginning and, uh, uh, of the preaching hour here in verse 38. Now the just shall live by faith. But if, if any man draw back, my soul has shown no pleasure in him. Verse 39, it continue, continues, but... We are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. He's saying, hey, we're saved. We're not one of those who draw back. Okay? We're going to keep going forward because we're born again. And because of this reason, the writer encourages the Christians to keep living by faith. Because there is more in the Lord Jesus Christ. Keep your eyes on Jesus, the Savior of your life. There is no drawing back, and you are saved. You're born again. There is more to know. There is more to experience and claim in the Lord Jesus. And this is the reason why the writer kept on writing, let us. Look at the phrase, let us, in the book of Hebrews. Jaime time is founded, and it's pretty encouraging. And Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, and the uh, uh, Bible says, let us hold fast our profession. In 4.16, let us, therefore, come boldly unto the throne of grace. Chapter 6, verse 1, let us go unto perfection. Chapter 10, verse 22, let us draw near with the true heart and full assurance of faith. Chapter 10, verse 23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without avering, for he is faithful that promise. And chapter 10, verse 24, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Chapter 12, verse 1, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which those sell easily beset us. In chapter 12, verse 28, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably 
simply with reverence and godly fear. Chapter 13, verse 13, last chapter. Let us go forward, therefore, unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach. And chapter 13, verse 15, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. I don't know about you. I think the apostle or the writer is really driving to the point. Hey, let us keep going. Let us keep going. Why? Because we have a great Savior. We have a great salvation. We have a great Savior. There's more to know about Him. Let us keep going by faith. And I want to encourage you to keep going by faith. And uh, when I was ministering here, I got to know many of you. And thank God for your testimony. And we went through a lot of joys together. And even sometimes... uh, uh, Sadness together and and thank God for those experiences. But through it all, we could gladly say that Jesus Christ was there in all those moments and all those times. And even now today, we could look forward by faith to always be there for us. And that we could always claim who he is and what he can do for us. And we could say, let us keep going by faith. And I want to encourage you to keep going by faith. You know, our family is going to Japan this coming Saturday. Let me say that again. (laughs) Our family is going to Japan. We're going to cross the Pacific Ocean. It's daunting. I mean, it's amazing that we're going to be in Japan. And and, uh, we're going to have to speak Nihongo, which is the Japanese language. And... And, uh, you know, uh, 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 it's going to be a different culture. It's going to be a, a different type of ministry out there. And you're looking at us and, and saying, Brother Jimmy, go by faith. <laughs> yeah, I am. And you're saying, keep going by faith. Don't give up. I don't know how many times any of you in deputation, I've been praying for you. Why? Because you want us to keep going by faith. And as you stay here, can I encourage you too to keep going by faith? We have a great salvation. We have a great Savior. Let us. Let us. And as we read Hebrews chapter 11, we see that the writer dives in to the heroes of the faith. He's giving evidence. Hey, look what happened in the past. Look at these people who just kept going by faith. It all worked out for them. So how did living by faith work out for these people? I don't have time to talk about all the heroes of the faith, but I'd like to just talk about verses 1 through 6, and I'd like to encourage you with three faithful outcomes of faith by Hebrews chapter 11. Number one, faith ends in sight. Faith ends in sight. In verse 1 through 3, The Bible says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Now we understand that faith is believing what we cannot see, touch, or hear in our present time. It is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And even in verse 3, we see here, and the writer speaks about the past, having faith about the past. Now, 
Have you ever been with Moses? Has anyone seen Moses? Okay, now, do we believe that he existed? Yes. Is that by faith? Yes, it is. Faith in God's word. Now, he gives an example even further than Moses, further than Abraham, further than even Adam. Okay? The writer gives an example of creation. He reads here, through faith we understand that the words were framed by the what? Word of God. So the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Okay? As Christians, when we look at a tree, when we look at mountains, and when we look at the rivers, when we look at all these different scenery, and uh, my father-in-law has a 4K TV, and, and I was able to see these sceneries, like these one minute and a half like uh, 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 tapes of uh, videos of Mount Zion uh, in Utah and different things like that. And, and I was, think, I was thinking to myself, amazing. I mean, look at the creation of God. And we're always reflecting back and knowing that, hey, all these things were created by the words of God. Okay? Now, for an evolutionist, okay, they're not thinking that. Okay? They need scientific proof. Okay? By what they see, they try to determine okay, uh, 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 about what happened in the past. But what the Bible is saying, hey, what you see, okay, does not explain what really happened in the past. Because in the past, if you're ever there, okay, it was actually, everything was created by God's word. Okay? And we say amen to that. The Holy Spirit of God gives witness. Okay? And so by faith, okay, we don't see it. We don't, we haven't touched it. We haven't been there. But we have faith in it. Okay? And that's what faith is. And uh, 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 for some, faith can be a mystery because they want to see it now. Okay? They want to hear it now. They want to feel it now. They want to be there now. They want to obtain it now. And then they will believe. But we know, according to Hebrews 11, that's not faith. That's not faith. Okay? Faith is believing now. And receiving it later. Faith is not receiving it now and believing it later. Okay? You know, how many of you maybe witness to somebody who are just very, you know, uh, uh, I don't know, fact-oriented, you know? And, uh, you know, you try to witness to them about Jesus Christ, how he got on the cross, and, and you know, there's a heaven and hell, and, and they just shoot back and say, you know, have you ever been to heaven? If you've never been there, how do you know it's there? Unless I could be there, all right, I won't believe it. Okay. And uh, they're trying to receive the facts now and then believe it later. But that's not a biblical okay, uh, uh, a definition of faith. Okay. Faith is believing whether you see it or not. You just believe. And... Uh, you know, uh, we think about the, uh, 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 the man in hell, the rich man in hell, in and, and, and the Gospel of Luke, and, and he was in torment. He wanted a, you know, a drop of water. And by the way, he didn't even get that drop of water. And we see that hell is real, as Jesus Christ explains it there. And, and what does he say to Abraham? I have five brethren. You know, well, let me go back and let somebody go back and let them know about this terrible place. And what does Abram say? Whether, I mean, 
It doesn't matter if somebody comes back from hell, they still won't believe. They have Moses and the prophets. What was he saying? They have the Old Testament. They have the Bible. Because faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. That's faith right there. And we believe in creation. Why? Because of the Word of God. And uh, we have heard it, and we believed in it. And uh, I think about um, just uh, uh, a couple months ago, actually a few, several months ago, uh, uh, my, uh, actually our family stayed in Michigan, Michigan State, <clears throat> and uh, our, the, the, the pastor there uh, gave us a lodging at this place called The Loft, and uh, it was like an Airbnb style type of uh, studio, and it was very nice. And uh, they had these uh, dimming lights with remote control. And uh, so, you know, we had to turn it on that way, all these different lights, and we were there for two nights. And then on Monday morning, you know, we were supposed to tell the owner, hey, we left the property, and the, the cleaning person could come and clean it out. And so I did that. I texted the person, and then we left and drove for maybe a good hour and a half or two. And then the owner texted me back, hey, the cleaning lady cannot find the remote to the lights. I thought to myself, do I have to drive back? <laughs> I mean, I'm already into two hours right now. And, and uh, you know, I, well, I was asking my kids, Annabelle and Josiah, you know, have you seen the remote? And of course, the obvious answer is no, okay? <laughs> and uh, you know, they can't even, you know, find their own things, you know? <laughs> Who cares about a remote? But, you know, and of course, the disappointing answer was no. And I was kind of fretting over it. Okay, well, at the end, I'll just pay for it. You know, and so I texted him back. You know, I, I'll just pay for it if you if you can't find it. And uh, but the Lord just convicted my heart. He said, "Why don't you just do this by faith?" Oh Lord, it's a remote control, probably worth thirty bucks. <laughs> Why don't you just do this by faith? He said, "What is that?" Well, pray to me first. And so we pulled over, and I told my kids, all right, hey, we're going to ask the Lord to resolve this situation. Now, to be honest with you, I, I've been a bad parent. I've never exemplified faith this way to our kids. I should have done more before, but this was our first time, where I put myself in the line, you know, to say, we're going to do this by faith, okay, and uh, we're going to pray that this remote comes out somewhere. Okay, and, uh, and then after 30 minutes or so, and as I was praying, as I was driving at the same time, man, a phone call came. Uh, not a phone call, a text came, an alert, and I looked at it. Oh, the cleaning lady found the remote. It was between the mattresses. And I shouted, hooray! <laughs> we won! Amen! <laughs> And I looked back toward the rearview mirror. I told Annabelle on the side, hey, we did it by faith. Okay? You could have just easily just made paid $30 and not prayed about it. And, and, but we did it by faith. We didn't know where it was going to be and how it's going to come about. But it came about. And my children were like, oh. You know, <laughs> I'm trying to get them, you know, into this journey of faith a little bit. But that's the great part about faith, you know? Uh, you can't figure it out. You believe it now, and then you receive it later. Because God will work it out, amen? And uh, so, 
that's a great, exciting part about faith. And, uh, and that's not the only greatest part about faith. It's not just believing now and receiving it later. But the great part is that the faith would truly end in sight. Okay? We will truly receive what we hope for. And uh, as much as, thank God, when you tell me you believe in God, you have faith in the situation, but also the greatest part about faith is that God will not let you down. Your faith will end in sight. That's why in verse 2, that's, this is important. He says, by it, for by it, the elders obtained the what? Good report. You know, in Hebrews chapter 11, these people are not saying, we have faith, but it didn't work out. No, they're saying, we have faith, we believed it, and then we actually received it. We really got it. Because God never failed us. Now, we believe we will be in heaven when we die. Well, will we? No. Our faith will end in sight. We're really going to see a mansion, amen? We're really going to see Jesus. We're going to see a host of angels. Our faith will end in sight. We believe that we will see Jesus. Well, will we? Yes. Faith, faith will end in sight. You know, God is not so mysterious and mythical that he tells us to have faith and never deliver. Did you ever have a friend? Oh, just trust me. Oh, I'll get it through for you. Oh, just trust me. But he never does. Always disappointing me. Okay? But when you trust God, he always delivers. Now, timing might be different. Okay? Between, you know, uh, 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 your God and also uh, uh, your schedule. But God always delivers. If it's based on his word... If it's based on his promise, if it's based on his will, hey, he will deliver. We serve a real God with real answers to faith. And thank God we get to have faith, we say amen to that, but thank God we can say double amen when we receive it. And we can see it now, and we can experience God now. And we could look down the heroes of faith from the Old Testament, according to Hebrews chapter 11. Abel, by faith, he offered a better sacrifice that God accepted. Yes, he did. Did Abel see that? Yes, he did. He wasn't martyred yet. We think about Enoch. By faith, he knew that he would be translated. Was he translated? Yes, he saw it. And we think about Noah. By faith, he built the ark for the saving of our family. He built it. And he saw the flood. Did he see the saving of his family? Yes, he did. Abraham, by faith, he left the earth of Chaldees. He arrived to Canaan. Did he see Canaan? Yes, he did. Moses, by faith, he performed the Passover to save the firstborn. Did he see the firstborn be saved or meaning, you know, uh, delivered from death? Yes, they did. We think about Joshua. He circled the wall. Did he see the destruction of Jericho? Yes, he did. Now, there is only one promise that they did not get to see. The coming of the Messiah, the first coming. And that's why in the end of chapter, Hebrews, uh, chapter 11, 
he talk, they, they talk about, uh, the writer talks about, and these all having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. They received a good report about what they did, and by faith they kept on going for the Lord Jesus Christ, but they never actually saw Jesus Christ come to earth and to die on the cross. But we see in, by the testimony of our Savior that Abram did rejoice to see Jesus Christ is dead. You remember that when, you know, uh, the Pharisees and the Jews were arguing with Jesus and Jesus was talking about Abraham. Hey, Abraham, rejoice to see my day. And then they all argue, are you older than Abraham? I mean, are you older than us? And, and uh, how could you have known Abraham? You know, all that argument. But we see the evidence that even Abraham up in heaven saw the coming of our Savior. Okay. But when they were here, they didn't. So outside of that, we see that these people, these godly saints, they're able to claim faith and believe it in their heart and also receive it. And that's a great example for all, all of us. That's why he writes in Hebrews chapter 12 that there is a great cloud of witnesses. And they're simply saying, hey, faith never fails. He's telling you and I, the cloud of witnesses, Abel, Enoch, Moses, Joshua, Joseph, every one of them. They're looking down and saying, faith worked out for us. It ended in sight. It will work out for you. And then in verse 2, he says, looking onto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Faith will end this side. God will answer to faith. He will not deny. Claim it today. Claim 2019 by faith. Write down some requests that you have and list them down. Pray over them. Have faith over them. Really have fervent faith and believe His word. And then rejoice when you receive it. Obtain a good report. What kind of report did you have last year in 2018? What kind of report would you have this year in 2019? Would you have a good report? Lord, I have faith, but not only did I have faith in my heart, but you actually showed how faith can work. I can see it. So faith will end in sight. That was their testimony. Secondly, Faith is eternally shared. Verse 4. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yes, speak it. You know, Abel is the first martyr of the faith. But the word of God says here, by it he being dead, yet speak it. You know, we keep going by faith because faith will always be remembered and be shared. Now, if you look at the scripture once again in verse 4, it says here, By which he obtained witness that he was righteous, Abel, and then who testified of his gifts? God testifying of his gifts. Why? Because Abel was dead. He's dead. Can Abel speak? But who is eternal that can share his testimony? God. So God testified of his gifts. 
You know, whatever we do in faith, we'll always remember because God remembers. And God will always testify of his gifts to us and the faith that we had in him. Because ultimately, who gets glorified? God does. So he will always testify of the faith that we had in this journey. And I will encourage you to keep having faith, to keep going in faith. Why? Because ultimately, you want to glorify the Lord. But at the same time, if you want to leave a legacy of anything, you leave a legacy of faith. That you believed God. And that it all worked out. And that God answered your prayer. And that God pulled through for you. And that's the testimony of Hebrews chapter 11. And whatever we do without faith, it will never be remembered. Right? According to Romans chapter 14 verse 23. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Okay. Why does God say to the right? You know, uh, enter the joy of the Lord. Why does God say to the left, those who are lost, depart from me, I never knew you. Why? They didn't have faith. They might have went to church. They might have read the Bible. But he said, I never knew you. You never have faith. That is a great sin to the Lord. And as we live this Christian walk, you go to work, you raise your family, you come to church, you serve the Lord, you might even teach, but do, are you doing it by faith? Because if you don't do it by faith, God will not remember it. Because he's not involved. At the same time, God never gets glorified. Another reason why he will never be remembered. We st will still speak of Abel, Noah, Abraham, Moses, Joseph. All these saints. Why? Because God is testifying of their faith. I think about my father. I think many of us, many of you know the testimony of my father. He didn't get saved for a long time. Approximately 10 years actually. And uh, just really hated Christ, hated church. And used to kick the Bible at his house. And he one time once said, you know, uh, why does Jesus need to forgive my sins? I'll take care of my own sins. That was my dad. And, uh, but thank God, uh, right before he passed away, year before, our pastor came. This is in South Korea. He took about a two-hour train ride and buses and came to see my dad. And he got saved. Finally got saved. Tears in his eyes and started reading the Bible. And uh, he said that year after he got saved, you know, I like to, you know, Go to Bible Institute next year if I get better. He never got to do that. Because next year, the Lord took him home. You know, my dad accomplished a lot in his life. If I could think back about his business and what he did. And uh, how he ran a company. And, and uh, how he was smart. Um, just very disciplined and uh, driven man he was before he got sick. I could think about all that, but it means nothing to me. What's the most meaningful testimony he left behind? He had faith in Jesus. I have traveled to around 140 plus churches the last two years. I think eight out of ten I get to preach. And I, I believe in 
uh, probably 99% of those services, I mentioned the testimony of my father, how he got saved. The value of the soul, that was the theme of the message. The value of the soul. Even the Great Commission message I preached, I mentioned at the end the testimony of my father, how you, can, you should never give up on the soul. My father's dead. He can tell you his testimony. But thank God that people got to hear of his testimony. Why? Because it was a faith. Because it had to do with God. Who cares if he had two houses? Who cares if he had money? Who cares? If he's not saved, if he's not in heaven. By the way, you know, he wanted to go to Bible Institute. Thank God he got a better deal. He's living at the feet of Jesus, you know? Amen. That's a great Bible teacher for you. <laughs> and I'm just simply saying, faith will be shared. God will testify your faith to your children even after you're gone. Why? Because it involved Him. Even your grandchildren. How would they see you? Would they see you? Oh, my dad just made money. Oh, my mom, you know, uh, just worked, worked, and worked. And, uh, and thank God that you get to provide for your family. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a biblical principle. You want to provide for your own, let you become worse than an infidel. It's a biblical principle. But I believe as born-again Christians, we have a higher calling of faith. Because the worldly people are very good at taking care of their family and working 40 hours a week and getting their lucrative job and getting their position, getting their houses, getting their cars. But as Christians, we're not living for the earthly. We're living for the eternal. And we're living by faith. And what we want to inherit to our children is not these gifts of this earth, but we want to give them about the testimony of faith that we had in the Lord Jesus Christ so that they could say, hey, if my dad had faith in Jesus, I can keep going too. Leave your legacy. It has to be about Jesus. It has to be about faith. You know, sometimes I got really worried and just thinking about my kids. You know, their home is a Toyota Sienna 2015. We don't have a house for the last two years. But hopefully in the future they could say, you know, mom and dad, for those two years, they lived by faith. They live by faith. That's all that matters. It's all that matters. Anybody know how rich Enoch was? I don't know. You know how many houses that Abel had? No. But we know this, they have faith. It will be shared. Thirdly, faith is an exceptional satisfaction. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found. Because God had translated him, for before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. 
For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You know, it is impossible to please God without faith. We keep going by faith because this is the only way to please him. Why does God get pleased with faith? Because having faith in him is a direct trust in who he is. Notice that faith does not start with believing to receive. Okay, a lot of people think, okay, we're going to start believing that we will receive it and that God will be pleased. But if you look at the scripture here, faith starts with believing that he is. Okay. I don't want my children to come up to me every time, oh, my dad has money so he could always provide for me. No, I want my children to come up to me, hey, He's my father. He loves me. And he wants to provide for me. There's a big difference there. It's an exceptional satisfaction to God. Why? Because you and I are believing that he is. And he is a, he responds now, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So our response is to believe that he is first. And then he says, now I will reward you. We have it backwards sometimes. We believe that he could reward us. And then maybe let's find out who he is. No. You're saying, oh, I wonder if God is really gracious. Does he really give to me? Let me try it out. Let me believe that I can receive it. And then I'll believe that he is gracious. No, 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 no. You believe that he is gracious first. Believe that he is a giving God first. And then God is pleased. Oh, Jimmy really trusts in me. He has no evidence to back that up. He can't see it. He can't touch it. But he really believes in it. Let me reward him. There is a big difference there. It's an exceptional satisfaction to God. We think about even the Great Commission. We're supposed to go, teach, preach, and disciple, okay? And we believe in that. We're supposed to do the work. We want the rewards, okay? We want to see the reaping of souls to be saved. But Jesus Christ did not talk about the Great Commission by saying going and winning and teaching Oh, I, mean, I forgot. I'm sorry. I've got to forget. Go, win, baptize, teach. Okay? He didn't just say those words. You've got to realize what's around the Great Commission. Or who's around the Great Commission. Jesus first. The Great Commission does not start with going. The Great Commission starts with all powers given unto me in heaven and earth. Who he is. And then it ends with who he is. Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. We say, let's go, let's win, let's baptize, let's teach, let's get the rewards, let's go do the reaping. But God says, believe who I am first. And I will give you the increase. Even in trials, we want to have faith. Sometimes circumstances might not change, like the Apostle Paul. He said, I, I prayed to the Lord three times, remove this, the thorn in the flesh. Jesus Christ did not remove the thorn in the flesh. But 
what the Apostle Paul conclude in that passage. He believed that he is. Because Jesus Christ responds, my grace is sufficient for thee. Okay. My strength is made perfect in, in, in weakness. And, 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 and Apostle Paul realized, you know, even in my trials, I could believe that he is. That he is still good God. That he is gracious. He is strong. I could keep going. I could keep going. A lot of people want to change the circumstances so they can keep going. No, no, no. You look at Jesus, then you can keep going. You have faith in who he is, then you can keep going. <clears throat> I love the testimony of Abraham. James chapter 2, verse 23, the Bible says, And the scripture was fulfilled which saith, Abraham believed God, and he was imputed unto him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. You know, faith is getting to know who he is. It's not about just receiving. You know, Abraham believed in God. And then he was called the what of God? The friend of God. The friend of God. His faith was not about the rewards, but the close fellowship with Jesus Christ. Ultimately, when we are done in this earthly life, and when we get to heaven, I believe we're going to talk about who he is and not just about what we receive. We're going to talk about how salvation, honor, and glory, and power belongs to our God. We're going to talk about who he is. Okay? Let's talk about who he is now. Keep going by faith. Because it's an exceptional satisfaction to our Savior, knowing that you have faith, personally in Him, of who He is. Not what He can, not, not what He will give you, but who He is, and believing that He is. I want to encourage you along that line.